You just got to take the feedback, let it punch you in the face, um, and then make decisions from there. Welcome to the Audience Converter Podcast, the podcast for converting your audience from strangers to loyal fans. We dive deep and discuss how entrepreneurs, consultants, and coaches can level up their business to help more people in the world. Now here's your host, the creator of the Audience Conversion Method, Kimberly Whitecamp. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Audience Converter Podcast. I'm Kimberly Whitecamp, your host, conversion copywriter, and marketing strategist. And today, I'm really excited to talk about this wonderful topic I think so many people kind of overlook when running their entrepreneurial business, and that is making sure that you are in the right place to meet your right customers. And to help me talk about this today, I have James Robilata, an author, professional speaker, personal coach, MC, and entrepreneur. His first book, Leading Imperfectly, The Value of Being Authentic for Leaders, Professionals, and Human Beings, is available online. He also speaks internationally about authentic leadership and promoting memorability. He's worked with people including American Express, General Electric, Yale University, and many others. And as a speaker, he's doing the two things he loves most, making people think and making people laugh. So I'm really excited to have James on today to talk about, you know, how to make sure that you're in the right place to reach the right people. So James, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Amberly, so excited to be here hanging out with you. Thanks so much for having me, friend. Absolutely. I'm really excited to kind of dive into your story and learn more about how you make sure to be in the right place to meet the right people. So we're just going to dive on in here today. Tell me a little bit about how you got started and what was your journey like to bring you to what you're doing now? Yeah, for sure. So in college, I got a Bachelor of Science in Marine Biology. Um, This is a natural story starting point, I know. Um, Marine biology. All right. I'm intrigued. That's it, friend. That's it. But around my junior year, uh, I realized I was putting too many jokes in my scientific papers, and my teachers were like, this may not be for you. Um, And I said, I think you're right. But what I realized from being a student leader uh, was that I just really love working with people. I got passionate about leadership and whatnot, so I I went and got a master's in counseling. I got a master's in counseling and wound up working in higher education for a number of years, uh, developing leaders on college campuses. And I would go to conferences with those individuals and would love getting to uh, getting to get out there and just and speak to people, but just not not on a professional speaker tip, just on a, hey, I brought some students here and I had an opportunity to share something that I like and know too, so why not? But then somebody came up to me after one of those sessions and asked me how much I charged And I said, sir, I don't know who the hell you're talking to. (laughs) Um, But I realized that maybe I got something. And so I started to pursue it. And I started to to share basically what it is that that I love on stage and put it out to my friends and tried to build this whole thing. It was a side hustle for a while. And now I've been a professional speaker uh, on my own for about nine years. Wow, there are so many great things in that story. The fact that you, uh, you know, marine biology, too much humor, uh, advocating and and creating uh, college leaders, and then, uh, you know, kind of stumbling into the speaking circuit because someone approaches you and says, hey, how can I pay you? What what does that cost, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's a dream scenario for sure. Wow. So now you said, you know, you're a professional speaker, you've been doing it for nine years. And, you know, before we hopped on this call, you, you, you had mentioned something about making sure that you're in the way 
of the right people, which I love the way you phrase that and how it can be used for entrepreneurs as well. So can you tell me a little bit about like your philosophy of making sure you're in the way of the right people? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, my sales strategy, a lot of it comes down to relationships. Relationships and relatability are the two biggest things that I focus on. And we can we can dive into those a little deeper later if you'd like. But when it comes to that, since that's my main way of doing things, I need to put myself in front of potential customers. And so for me, I kind of see myself as uh, if we can use a football analogy really quick, uh, it's that if you're going to intercept a pass, then you have to put yourself in between the ball and the wide receiver. And so basically you got to be on the right, you have to be on the right side of the field, guarding the right person where the ball's being thrown to, and then you got to make the move to put yourself in the way. And so for me, it's about where do people who could potentially benefit from my message, who I think it, I can help grow and, and, and maybe make them pause for a second and think or, or build that relationship, where do they gather? So I spend a lot of time at conferences just because that's where it's like, hey, who is my market? Where are they going? And where are the most of them going? Um, and so that's why, that's what I try to do. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, you know, for someone who doesn't watch football, I did understand the reference, so that was good. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Yes. And, you know, it does make a lot of sense. And what you were saying about making sure you're on the right side of the field in the right position to catch the right ball uh, is kind of very similar to what I tell people about what I do, which is making sure that you're, um, you know, you're giving the right message to the right person at the right time. And, you know, you talked about relationships and relatability. So can you tell me a little bit about what the difference is between those two? Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people, relatability, in my opinion, as a speaker, I think is the number one trait that most speakers should have is, is that they are relatable to their audience. Uh, but I think it's also true for individuals who are trying to build client base, trying to find individuals to potentially help them fund uh, their dreams um, and things like that. But I think there's a difference between relatability and credibility, but people get confused by those two. Credibility are things like the degrees that you have, how much work experience you have, when you you know you moved your numbers for your company from Q1 to Q4, from here to here at like numbers, data, um, those kind of things fall under credibility, but not relatability. Relatability is your story behind all that. Uh, relatability isn't your numbers, it's your process. Uh, relatability isn't your degrees, it's what you actually learned when you were doing there. So relatability involves uh, letting individuals in on your story so that they can see themselves in you. Because I believe when we see ourselves in somebody else, then we can. Uh, then we believe that we can. Excuse me. When we see ourselves in somebody else, we believe that we can. And so that's a lot. When I talk about relatability, that's kind of what I'm talking about. And that's kind of, I mean, people buy into stories, right? I mean, we know this when we compare like a, obviously the cliche like Apple versus Microsoft kind of thing. We buy into stories. So that, that's what I would say as far as that goes. Absolutely. And, you know, story is such a, a huge part of being your authentic self, I think, and being able to kind of uh, take the, the stigma away, if you will, about doing marketing for your company and for yourself. You know, a lot of people have this idea in their head that marketing is a dirty word or sales isn't right. Uh, but when you're literally just, you know, sharing your story and letting other people know that they can achieve what they set out to do because, you know, you've got that relatability aspect, right? They can see themselves in you. It makes it a lot easier to, to kind of build the relationship and, and build your business from that same perspective. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I completely agree. I think in our story lies, and if you, uh, uh, Kimberly, are you familiar with the concept of what are you going to do with your dash? Have you heard that before? I have never heard that before. Okay, I'm cool. Intrigued. So I did not Explain. come up with this. This is not an original idea for me, um, but I'll share it with you. And I don't know whose idea it was originally, but shout out to them. So it's kind of like when, when you look at a tombstone, you see someone's, uh, the date range that they live. They lived from, you know, October 9th, 1932 dash to uh, 2010, you know, whatever the date is. Um, and so the question is, is what do you do with your dash, right? We weren't just born and then we died. In your business, you weren't just had an idea and then were successful. Telling those stories of where you slipped and struggled and failed and got told no a whole bunch of times, those are the stories that we love, right? Like think about all the movies that we watch, how much shorter would movies be if people just like fell in love and stayed in love? <laughs> right. Um, like right? there's always something standing in between usually because chick flicks are a little bit of uh, formulaic. It's another guy, uh, yeah. but you know, there's something in the way, right? There's something in the way, but we don't talk about that often when we talk peer to peer in our businesses. And I think that's where a lot of the humanity comes in and that's where people buy in to the story. And so that's what I thought. I think we need to tell the dash we need to talk about the dash of our success. I like that idea is, you know, you didn't just start and then get to where you are. There was a path and a journey that you took to get there. Yeah. Because, I mean, people are going to relate to different parts of your story. And so you give them opportunities, almost like footholds on a climbing wall to actually like be a part of it. So yeah, that's what I talk about there. And I think that's also how relationships are built, right? We trust individuals who are typically a little bit more, obviously we trust individuals that are credible, um, but we connect with individuals that are relatable. And so in relationships where we share those stories and build those uh, is, is important. Absolutely. And I like what you talked about with, uh, you know, that you need both, right? Credibility and relatability. Because one of the, the tenets of marketing people will say, you know, is, is people buy on emotion and they solidify their choice with logic. So you need to have that relatability first when talking about finding the right people, networking, building relationships, building your business, whatever it is. Uh, you need to have that relatability first, but then you also want to have the credibility to kind of answer those other questions people might have. Yeah, brilliantly said. I completely agree. So we talked about, you know, making sure you're in the right place at the right time or, you know, that you're in the way of the right people, which I just love that phrasing because it's something that most people don't talk about, but it is very true, right? You need to be in front of the right people. So how would you tell people to go about making sure they're in the right place? I think first off, it's finding clarity, clarity of why people need what you're offering, and then clarity of knowing where people like that gather. And so that's hard. I mean, sometimes that's online, right? And we have a, a lot of people I know that listen to this podcast are, are selling products and whatnot. And, uh, but those individuals gather somewhere. Um, and so where are those, whether they are, I mean, it could, it could be gathering like in, in person in conferences. It could be in LinkedIn groups. Uh, it could be in Facebook groups. It could be in uh, on TikTok. I don't know. Um, but, uh, but still, I, I think it, it's the first step is really trying to figure out that clarity of where, of where people, where people need, need that. Like, for example, I struggle with this, actually. I know this is what I'm supposed to do and it's what I try to do, but 
I teach authenticity and vulnerability to companies, um, right? And I talk to, the, to, to companies about authentic leadership um, and how we need to be leading through our stories and things like that. And what does that look like in feedback? What does that look like in our communication? All those kind of things. And that's awesome. But authenticity as a topic is very broad. So it's like, all right, where do you gather where people need authenticity? And then, you know, you zoom out and point at the earth, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's a really, uh, it's a great question. It's also one of the things I cover in my method and process for creating copy. And the first thing is, you know, is audience. And it's not only, you know, defining your audience, but then also defining where you're going to find them. And, you know, for example, with, with your group, right, people who are looking for authenticity, you might find people who are like in innovators clubs or they're in meetups because they're interested in getting those newer ideas about how to do marketing. And maybe they're not necessarily uh, a member of the direct response association uh, because that's not what they're looking for, right? They're looking for a different way of talking to people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think, and like for me, it's also, you know, I try to focus a lot of my efforts on new managers, like people who are now supervising for the first time. Um, And like, where does authentic leadership come into? Where does that play in your tool belt as a new manager? Because a lot of times we get hired for things that we don't think we deserve. Um, or that we don't think we've actually potentially are supposed to be there. And we're like, we're actually there being like, oh, they probably actually meant to hire someone like this, someone who has more of these attributes. And so let me try to pretend like I'm like that because uh, that's who actually they probably meant to hire. And then we lead through imposter syndrome. Uh, but that's not, uh, it's not effective. You're leading inauthentically when you do that. Um, and so that's, that's a place where I try to find those individuals as well as like, who struggles with this the most and how can I try to figure that out? Where do they, where do they hang out? Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things with imposter syndrome that I think you really clarified for a lot of people is we were asked to do something. So as an entrepreneur, maybe somebody did approach us to, to do what we do best or, or we tell people that this is what we're doing. But then we kind of have this internal conversation with ourselves where it's like, yeah, but man, are people really going to pay me for that? Or did they mean to pay me for that? Or, you know, as you were talking about, right, I got promoted, but uh, it's probably because they just couldn't find that perfect fit. So I am going to join the conversation in their head and say that they meant to do something different. And that's one of the things that uh, I think a lot of us struggle with as entrepreneurs is this idea that there's a proper way to do what we do. And people can't possibly like the way we do things. But the reality is, is that people are drawn to us because of the different way we approach a problem or because of the way our story has impacted how we interact with people. Yeah. I mean, that was so brilliantly put, right? And we, and we know that we know that examples of this. Where I know for me, a lot of times I get in my head and insecure, like, well, this isn't original enough. This isn't innovative enough. This isn't different enough, whatever. But ultimately, how different it is in something else doesn't necessarily matter. Your differentiation factor is often uh, the why behind it or your process behind it and why it matters to you. Um, and that, that's often enough to be a differentiating factor. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've shared this before, but you know, one of my most memorable moments is when I first started in business, right? The only training I had was like high school English, right? You had to format a, a business memo or something like a business letter. <laughs> Here's how you properly write it. So I took that approach in uh, creating the correspondence I was doing as a business owner. And because that, that was all I had, that was all I had to run on. And when somebody met me for the first time at a conference, And they said, wow, you're so different than what I expected because of how you communicated online. I expected somebody 
very, very different. And I'm really glad I met you in person because if I had thought that you were going to be the person that I had interacted with online, I may not have wanted to work with you. And I was like, oh, well, I need to really change the way I do things then. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) But, you know, it kind of goes into line with thinking that we have to behave a certain way. We have to do things a certain way. That idea of imposter syndrome of, well, I can't be me. I have to be what other people are expecting. And the thing is, is that people like you, they like what you have to bring. And that's why it's so important to be authentic in your marketing and authentic in how you uh, run your business. Because, you know, something like that could happen, right? When somebody meets you in person and it's not what they were expecting, or they buy a product from you, but it's not what they were expecting, or they buy a service with you and it's not what they were expecting based on your marketing and uh, how the uh, the transaction actually plays out because you were trying to do one thing and then you delivered differently. And when you have that break, you have that disassociation. A, a lot of people are like, well, that's not what I was expecting. I don't really like that. I'm going to leave. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people can sense, people can smell when someone's being fake or when something feels inauthentic. We're very good. I mean, humans are very perceptive to that. It very much triggers our our fight or flight response uh, when we we can feel that inauthenticity. Um, that's something that's deep within all of us, for sure. And I, I think you you hit the nail on the head with the way that you you describe that, and that it is in fact how you how you carry yourself and what is your how is your character also showing up in the product that you're putting out there and the way that you communicate with customers potential customers but also the way that you talk to uh, the people at, at the supermarket and your flight attendants and uh, and whatnot do you have that congruent character absolutely so you know one of the things I think a lot of people struggle with is that They want to be authentic. They don't necessarily want to be suffering from imposter syndrome, but sometimes we're so close that it's difficult for us to identify when we're being inauthentic. Do you have any tips or tricks for people to kind of start looking through what they are doing and finding ways that they can uh, bring what they're doing more in line and being more authentic with them? Yeah, sure. I think I think it's think about how you're. What are you leading with? Are you leading with something that you think other people are going to find impressive, or are you leading with yourself? And I think that's the thing is that a lot of us, we make fun of pickup lines a lot, right? Um, and because pickup lines exist because we have convinced ourselves that we are not enough to just walk up to somebody and say, hello, right? It's like, I got to go in with, I got to leave with the joke. I got to leave with a comment. I got to leave with something, whatever. We do that in business as well. And in marketing as well, when we're trying to sell things, it's like, what is my pickup line that I can have? And while it is important to be able to speak about what you do creatively um, and efficiently, people can smell the difference between those. It's like, are you trying to come out as impressive or are you trying to come at it as a fellow human being? Um, and so I think that's one of the things first is really stepping back and be like, how, what am I leading with? Am I leading from a place of, another thing we think about is, am I leading from a place of scarcity or am I leaving, leading from a place of generosity? And how is that making me show up in a sales conversation, in a marketing pitch or whatnot? I think those are the, the questions that we can ask ourselves to, to really determine, am I feel, being authentic or not? Those are some really great examples that you just gave. And we've talked about so many great things, you know, how to be relatable, 
how uh, relationships and relatability kind of uh, work together, what credibility is and where that is in the conversation, how to make sure you're in the way of the right people that you want to meet and making sure that you're in the right place to, to be in front of the right people so that you can be best of service to them in what you do. So, you know, we're almost out of time here. So one of the things I want to ask, you know, is we, we've talked about so many great and wonderful things about being authentic and how to show up as yourself and not somebody else and kind of punch imposter syndrome in the face, if you will. So what would you say is the one big takeaway or the one big action item people need to do after listening to this episode? One big action item after listening to this episode, I think uh, I think answering those questions for yourself, uh, the ones that we just talked about, is how am I showing up? Where am I, how am I showing up? I think also another thing that we could, that, that I think most people need to do is to really figure out, again, where are those people gathering? Where do these people gather that I am interested in and potentially connecting with? And how can I get in front of the most people at the same time? And then I think also I would add to that, uh, that's kind of in the, in the proactive thing. I think in a, a reactive thing people can do right now is maybe have a conversation with some of their customers, whether they are one-time customers or, or, uh, or, or multi-time customers. I would try to talk to both and just try to get a, ask them, uh, how did it feel when we interacted? Um, and what what was your perception of it? I'm trying to really figure out, you know, how am I coming off? What do people think about all this? Um, and so I think it's okay to do a little bit of a survey of some of those individuals that have been with you to be like, hey, and where are you finding, are you feeling alignment in who I am, the way that I lead, the way that we bring the product across or whatever it is, the way that we sell or market? I think asking some of those individuals and 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 being open to hearing the responses, not just that, not then like trying to explain why it was a certain way. You just got to take the feedback, let it punch you in the face, and then make decisions from there. I love that you added that that caveat at the end where it was like, you know, be open to receiving the negative feedback as well. Because uh, when you talked about, you know, making sure that you're in the right place, a lot of us kind of think that we know best or that we know everything there is to know about our audience. So we won't ask for that feedback from other people. So we're like, oh, well, my people obviously are on LinkedIn. That's where I need to be. I can't be anywhere else. But then being open to asking your audience, hey, where would you be hanging out? Or, you know, was I authentic? Did you enjoy the experience? Let me know what we can do better or, or why you were only a one-time customer versus a multi-time customer. And being open to that feedback because a lot of us, uh, you know, we're too close to what we do to necessarily get into the mindset of somebody who is still looking for so the solution that we provide. So it's really important to be able to go out and ask our audience, you know, for that kind of feedback. Absolutely. Yeah, we gotta we have to check our leadership ego. <laughs> <laughs> our leadership ego. There you go. So James, I want to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with my audience. And if people want to know more about you and what you do and, and where they can find out more about you, what should they do? Kimberly, this was so fun. It was just cool to uh to get on a podcast that I've listened to a bunch and learned from. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, if people want to stay Absolutely. in touch with me. I'm James at jamestrobo.com. Uh, if, if you want to email me, jamestrobo.com is the website. And I'm James T. Robo on all social media platforms. So uh, let, let's connect. Let's be friends. I would love to have more conversations with you all if you have more questions. Absolutely. And, you know, we talked about you had a, a book. And is there a way for people to learn more about the book or see if it's a right fit for them? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the book's called Leading Imperfectly. Uh, if you like the way I talk, you'll love the book. If you don't like the way I talk, you'll hate the book. But uh, that's fine. Uh, but it's a Leading Imperfectly, and it's on Amazon. Fantastic. And other places where books are sold. <laughs> awesome. So definitely go check out jamestrobo.com. Uh, get in touch with James or follow him on social to learn more about what he is, what he does, and, and how you can get in touch and, and work with him further. Got so much information here about how to be authentic, not only in your business and in your life, but also in your marketing and in the way you interact with people. And I just want to say thank you so much again, James, for, for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks for what you do. You're helping so many people out and uh, myself included. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter Podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.